It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing pretty good. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. A few things to talk about. We'll kind of give our thoughts on the divisional rounds, the divisional round of the playoffs, as well as give an update, uh, if you can call it that, on the Titans' offensive coordinator search, and then talk about the tight end position on this roster. Before we do all that, I remind you we're right from MutantCityMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. You can check us out there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Uh, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. You can also play the podcast on your smart speaker by saying play podcast Locked on Titans, and so you can hear us there. We also have a voicemail line that we have set up now where you can call in. You can leave us your thoughts. Um, if you have a question, we'll play it on the show uh, probably on Thursday's uh, edition of the show. Uh, that last Thursday seemed to go pretty well, so we're looking at doing that again. Um, so if you call the number 615-787-8762, Leave us a voicemail if you could. Keep it to about a minute. Uh, makes it easier for us to edit it and get it on the show. All right. So divisional round of playoffs. Uh, you have the you know the top four seeds all won, um, which I mean I think is a pretty rare occurrence. I haven't gone back and looked to see how often exactly it happens. But you made the point uh, that probably the conversation we should center around here is that what you have left right now in the playoffs is the teams with the four best offenses in the league. Yeah, so, you know, the old adage you hear, defense wins championships. Well, um, really not not really this year. Uh, so you just look around the landscape of the league, and we've talked about this uh, throughout the year. Uh, you just watch the Chiefs play football. You watch the, the Saints, the Rams, and still the Patriots, and you just you just wonder that how the Titans are, are going to compete with that. Uh, and I know the Titans found a way to knock off Tom Brady convincingly. Um, at home this year, uh, but man, it, it just seems like the the NFL has gone through just this rapid change over the last you know two three seasons. Uh, you're just seeing wide open offenses, and you just look at, at what the Titans have; they just seem so far away from that. Um, you know, for a multitude of reasons. You know, we've we've talked at length about Marcus Mariota, why he hasn't succeeded, the things that have held him back. Um, I, I think we both believe Marcus Mariota has a chance to be that guy still uh, through all the stuff that he's been through. But it, it just seems like there's a there's a clear way to win in this league today, and it's offensive, you know. And, and I'm, I'm not saying it, that John Robinson needs to ignore uh, the defense. There's certainly some things that they have to address. They got to get uh, bigger, uh, more athletic up front. They got to find an, another edge presence, but. It's hard to convince me otherwise that John Robinson shouldn't just load up, uh, find a, a new starting guard, uh, find a couple of new receivers, maybe throw another running back into this mix. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I look at is talk about where you want to allocate the most of your resources. And I think, you know, when we look at what they need to add on offense, the Titans, that is. Um, I think we both agree it needs to be in the receiver room, and it needs to be somebody with some experience. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they need to spend another first round pick 
on a, on a receiver, and I, I just don't know how much that would help them to have another young guy in that group. Now, if it's a guy that's going to come in and you know be Randy Moss in his rookie year, sure, but I don't think we have that guy in this draft, and he's probably not falling to 19 if, if, if there is that guy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, and we, we talked about this before, and it's a long way still until free agency. Um, you know, teams obviously have the chance to re-sign their guys before they ever hit the market, but you know, I don't want to hear anything about you know not overpaying for guys. And listen, if you've if you've listened to us or, or read us for any amount of time, uh, you know that we're not the hey go sign everybody in free agency. You know, everybody gets cut. The Titans need to bring them in. You know, it, we're not those people. But I, I I don't see any reason to not bring in two receivers in free agency this year. Um, you know, and again, the guys that I look at that are that are potentially going to hit the market, guys like Golden Tate. And Tyrell Williams, you got a guy that can work underneath a possession guy, and then you got a guy that can stretch the field. The Titans need that. They need a guy that can come in and, and be a good route runner and, and show that. And, and they still need that dynamic presence over the top. Um, you know, and they they tried to make Taewon Taylor that it hasn't worked out for whatever reason. So I'm with you, man. I mean, the the way that teams are winning right now is on offense. And honestly, I think you could do enough in free agency where you would be freed up to spend a couple of draft picks, even even the first you know round or maybe the first two rounds, on defensive players. If you could find a couple of receivers and maybe even a guard in free agency, I think you'd be able to do that. Because like you said, there is still some stuff that needs to be done on offense for this – I mean on defense for this team. Uh, they don't have enough on the defensive line. They don't have enough as far as the edge is concerned. But even still, I mean look at the way that you know uh, most defenses are playing now. They have those versatile linebackers, Jayon Brown – Rashawn Evans, some of those guys. So maybe they can, you know, kind of mix and match to where maybe you don't have to have as much of an edge presence as, as you thought formerly. I don't know. I, I just think there are plenty of options that they can use. But like you said, I think the biggest thing is now we want to see them allocate a lot of resources this offseason towards this offense because Marcus Mariota has one year to prove it. And if he doesn't, then and if he does, I mean it's a whole other conversation. Contract extension, franchise tag, whatever. Right? Like that's that's not really the conversation we're having right now. But if he doesn't do it next year, then you're looking at 2020 going into that year needing a quarterback. And on top of that, think about this: if even if things stay equal, kind of to what they were last year, I mean this team had a had a year from Marcus Mariota where he wasn't healthy, played bad, whatever. They were not in seven. So even if you have something similar go on next year, you're, you could be talking about needing a quarterback and still being, you know, picking middle to late in the draft. And so you're not going to be able to get to or whoever the guy is that you think you want. You're not going to be in a position to necessarily get him. No, you're, you're not. I, I, we've talked about it before. I, I think this roster probably bottoms out as a, as a you know, six and 10, seven and nine team. You're, you're not getting a top pick for that. Um, but yeah, you make a good point for, for getting nothing out of Marcus Mariota still going nine and seven, you know, the, the arrows still pointed up here, uh, perhaps with or without Marcus Mariota. Um, so you, you just kind of look around and you see physical offensive lines dominating. You see Kansas city running the ball like they did. You see the Rams running the ball like they did, uh, you know, CJ Anderson, that that's just bizarre to me. Um, and then you see, of course, Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram in, in New Orleans. Uh, I, I think investing in this offensive line, fixing it up for good. Uh, you've got a couple situations up in the air right now. You don't know what they're going to do with Quentin Spain. Uh, Josh Klein could certainly be upgraded. Ben Jones could be upgraded. 
and then you know you look at the, the right tackle situation jack conklin we don't know what he is anymore is he going to kick inside the guard that's been rumored uh now's kind of the time to, to sort through all of that i think we could see a, a big overhaul uh potentially this season so um I, i'm with you i i think you sign your perimeter playmakers Give Marcus Mariota some experience. Whoever the offensive coordinator is, you get a veteran in here that's done it before that can come in and learn the playbook. They're not learning how to adjust to NFL life. Uh, it's not going to take them three years to figure it out. You've got Corey Davis, who's going to make that third-year leap that we always talk about with receivers. You hope Taewon Taylor can do something uh, similar to that. Um, obviously, not as big of a leap as Davis is going to make, but you bring a couple veterans in. And then you draft in the trenches, I think. I think you find a guard, um, perhaps a center. I think you put somebody on defense with Jarrell Casey uh, and, and find a pass rusher on the outside. I, I think that's your obvious needs right now. Yeah, and you made a good point, too, just kind of to wrap up this conversation about the the rushing game. Uh, you know, everybody thinks about the Rams and the, you know, the high-flying offense and all that kind of stuff. The Rams won that game Saturday night by running the ball. Um, 273 yards on the ground. Like I said, C.J. Anderson, 23 for 123. Uh, Todd Gurley, 16 for 115. I mean, Jared Goff didn't have a very good game. He's 15 to 28 for 186 yards. Um, so however you want to move, you, you got to be able to move the ball. It doesn't necessarily have to be through the air. And, again, you know, if you look at what McVay really likes to do, I mean, he, he runs a lot. Like, his whole offense is predicated on the run game. That's what I, I think Matt LaFleur was trying to do here last year. Unfortunately, that run game didn't get going until the last, you know, four to six weeks of the season. So, and injured quarterback and all, all that other kind of stuff. So, we didn't necessarily get to see the ceiling there. So, um, anyway, but yeah, load up on offense. I think that's what we've learned uh, from this season. And, and, like I said, with the with the four teams that remain. All right, coming up along the those lines we'll talk about uh any news or updates we have as far as titans offensive coordinator search goes matt williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on nfl podcast we got to talk 2018 quarterbacks josh allen has the best quarterback record aside from lamar jackson but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So I guess it's kind of misleading to call it an update because we we don't have anything as far as what the Titans are thinking, uh, who they're bringing in to interview, any of that kind of stuff on the offensive coordinator search. So we're, what, a week into it now? I think it was last – it was their last Monday or Tuesday – um, that the announcement was made that LaFleur was going to uh, the Packers. So we're a weekend now. We've seen nothing at all, basically all just speculation from different people on guys that might be in the mix for the job. So the, I think the, the interesting thing that we were talking about before we started here, Gary Kubiak is apparently interviewing for jobs. 
Uh, he's a guy that makes sense here from the standpoint of comes from basically the same tree as Matt LaFleur. Shanahan, you know, Gary Kubek was with Mike Shanahan for a long time in Denver. And then obviously was the head coach there, um, you know, and, and then stepped down as the head coach after the 2016 season. He had some health issues. Uh, I guess what was going to be a scout, and I guess he was ready, kind of itching to get back in. Haven't seen any connection to him here. Uh, the Titans are interested or, or whatever in him, but you can kind of just draw those lines with this, with a similar coaching tree, uh, however you want to put that. We do know that he's supposed to interview with the Jaguars, I think, on Tuesday, and I guess he had talked to the Vikings about a position on their staff. So, I, you know, he's a guy that, that I think would be interesting. Uh, I would question the, you know, how long he would be here. Um, he's not that old. I mean, he's 57 years old, but he has had some health issues in the past. But if you know if it's one year and see what you have out of Marcus Mariota, I mean I think Kubiak makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think our theme here is going all in on on 2019 to see what you have in Mariota. No better guy to do that with than, than Kubiak. I, I think he keeps it keeps some continuity around. I'm sure there's some different terminology, but the the same basic scheme uh, is the same. Uh, you think back to all those years in Houston, uh, Arian Foster. Uh, operating behind that zone blocking scheme. You think of all those tight ends, all that play action. Uh, it, it's similar to what you saw here uh, last year. Uh, like you said, there's been no connection yet. But um, just connecting some dots, that seems like a guy that, that Variable should be interested in. And, and look, he's a guy that's been around the block as a, as a head coach. He's seen it all. Uh, that could probably help Vrabel through some of these situations. You know, I think we forget that Vrabel's just now heading into his second year. Uh, he saw a lot in his first year. But uh, like you said, I, I worry a little bit about continuity. Uh, would he stick around for more than one year? Um, he's had some some health concerns in his past. Uh, I'd be willing to look past that considering uh, how big of a year it is for Marcus Mariota. Uh, I, I just want him to have every ability to go out there and perform at a really high level in, in 2019. Um, at, at this point, Kubiak is the leader in the clubhouse for me, uh, just in terms of an experienced play caller uh, that would run a, a similar system uh, to what LaFleur did last year. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's not going to be that, if you're searching for similar system, then I mean, I, I think the next conversation has to be guys in-house, and we talked about names a little bit last week, and again, anything that we say at this point is really just speculation. Um, the, the you know the Arthur Smith movement has, has gained, uh, gained some legs, and I think it's, again, just more like people connecting different dots on the internet, and I don't think it's necessarily anything that anybody's heard from the team, because like I said, unless I'm missing something, there has been nothing reported as far as who they're thinking about, who they're talking to, any of that kind of stuff. Usually we'll see, see you know, some of these national guys break news of an, an interview or something like that, but we haven't seen any of that at this point. So, you know, not surprising. I'm sure, you know, Mike Vrabel would love it if he could announce his offensive coordinator without anybody having any idea who they talked to or whatever. Um, that just seems to be kind of way that he likes to operate. Um, so maybe he's going to get that wish. I don't know. But like you're saying, just the, the Kubiak makes sense from from that standpoint, from the the coaching tree and all of that. I don't think. I mean, again, we, we've seen some different hires around the league. Uh, we were talking before we came on the the Browns. I mean, Todd Monken was a guy that a lot of people were looking at, and you know, 
talking about could be a, a good guy to bring in here. Uh, Freddie Kitchens hired him with the Browns, uh, and they've got Steve Wilkes, their defensive coordinator. So um, this is obviously not a Browns podcast, but I mean, I've been really impressed with what they've done this office this offseason. We talked about it a little bit last week. I mean, making the common sense move of, of you know keeping Freddie Kitchens, so you keep that continuity with uh, Baker Mayfield. But then you you've got those guys now on staff, two of the you know hottest names as far as coordinator searches were going this time. So you, you talk about a team that that the arrow is pointing up on i think the browns might have the strongest arrow pointing up of anybody yeah i totally agree you look at freddie kitchens going from a, a quarterback coach to a to a head coach to hiring a, a former head coach and one of the hottest names on the market at an offensive coordinator uh you're we're gonna be talking about the browns uh, for for a long time here uh in the afc potentially as early as next year uh as a threat to win that wild card race uh, and, and, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of connections there with, with the Titans and the Browns just in the future uh, fighting over playoff positioning in, in years to come. So uh, really, really impressed with, with what they've done. Uh, moves pretty quickly. Uh, you know, and, and kind of the opposite of that, Titans aren't moving quickly. Uh, like you said, we've heard nothing. Uh, and it just kind of makes me wonder if if we aren't, uh, if Titans aren't looking just kind of into some college ranks, maybe into some some untypical candidates. Candidates. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get the feel that that Vrabel um, is going to hire your, your run of the mill type guy uh, unless he can get his shot at, at a Kubiak or something. So uh, you know, I don't have any names or, or anything like that. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him kind of test the the waters of, of the college game like he tried to last year. But yeah, that's the point I was going to make. I mean, you know, it was reported first last year that, you know, they offered the job to Ryan Day, the, the head coach at Ohio State. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he thought outside the box there. I think that's something that he definitely uh, likes to do and, and wants to do. And I think he is going to, you know, do his best to find the guy that's the best fit. And again, like we talked about last week, not necessarily for Marcus Mariota at this point, but for the offense that he thinks that they should run and then, you know, kind of build from there. And obviously you have Mariota uh, this year and just, just kind of see how that goes. So anyway, um, we'll be keeping an eye on that. If we, if, we, if we see anything, obviously we'll bring it up here and, it, you know, we'll be keeping it up to date at MUCMiracles.com as well. All right, to finish up the show today, we're going to talk about the tight ends, break down how that position performed in 2018. You know, tight end was really probably the – outside of maybe offensive line, uh, the, the Titans got hit harder at injury – you know, with injuries – at tight end in any other position. Obviously, with Delaney Walker going down in week one at Miami, and then you had John New Smith getting hurt later in the season. So, you know, you, you had a group that you felt pretty good about, two guys at the top that, um, you know, were probably very much in the center of what their plans were going to be for the offense last year, especially Delaney Walker. John New kind of was slow after, um, you know, after Delaney Walker went down. A lot of people were wondering what was going on with him. He was really coming on last year, and, and then he got hurt. So that was obviously disappointing. I think he was probably just thrust into a role a little bit sooner than he was ready for, quite honestly. Uh, wasn't planning on taking on that role last year. 
you know, then they had guys from there. You've got Luke Stalker, um, Mike, Michael Pruitt, however you say his name. You know, Ferkser was obviously a guy that, you know, we had some fun with. But, you know, I mean, you, you have to feel pretty good about where that position is, assuming that Delaney and, and John Luke can come back healthy. Yeah, I think we – I don't think a lot of people realize that, that Delaney Walker was out nationally um, when when they kind of look and, and see what went wrong with this Titans offense, uh, he's just kind of one of those one of those guys that just made it all go. Uh, and to lose him week one, I think, um, you know, I remember Dave McGinnis telling us uh, when we talked to him after week one, he's like, that, nobody's going to replace Delaney, and, and it's just a huge blow uh, to the offense. So just a key cog uh, to be lost out there to to lose that that leadership. Um, to force Janu into what he had to do, um, yeah, it just just a bad deal. So uh, I, I think we can be encouraged with how Janu came along, uh, especially in the middle part of the season. Uh, I, I think he kind of really started to, to take uh, ownership of, of what he was going to be his offense. Uh, we'll see if he can come back and be the tight end too. I've, I've got confidence in him now. Uh, and now you look at Anthony Ferkser. Uh, that's a guy that's probably got to be on the roster now. Uh, but then you you wonder about Johnu's ability to block, uh, and, and that probably opens up a, a spot for a fourth tight end to come in. So uh, I don't know if they want to keep uh, Luke Stocker around, Michael Pruitt, like you said. Uh, I think you can find guys like that pretty much anywhere. Uh, they do seem to like Stocker, though, uh, in this offense. So uh, I think solidifying that, that blocking role, whoever it may be, uh, it's really the only question here. So I think you've got three locks to make the team next year. Yeah, like you said, if you're looking for that third guy or, or the the blocking tight end behind you know Delaney and Johnu, and I think they want Delaney and Johnu to be you know those dual threat guys. They can do both things. We know Delaney's done that in the past. Uh, think like like we're saying. Think Johnu was growing into that role. But Stalker is scheduled to become a free agent at the end of the – or, I mean, is, will be a free agent when the new league year opens, assuming that they don't uh, do any kind of extension with him. Not sure about Michael Pruitt's contract status. I mean, they signed him during the year, so I would imagine it was it was a one-year type deal. So, yeah, they'll be looking for, I guess, something else there. Like I said, I mean, you know, if they like Stalker and you can get him back here for, you know, basically nothing, that's fine um, as long as they're not handing him the ball. On fourth and one, um, you know, I think soccer has a role in this offense, but that's not it. So, you know, this is a group that we should, we, you know, we'll have these same conversations, uh, you know, after cut downs heading into the, to the regular season, we'll have these same conversations about going through and looking at positions of the roster. Um, you know, I, this is this is a group I think we're going to feel pretty good about at that point. Again, assuming that Delaney and Johnu are both back healthy at the beginning of camp. And you know, make it through camp without any without any type of injuries. And yeah, Ferkser, I mean, he came on, caught the ball, and they threw it to him. So that's that's more than you can say for a lot of <laughs> for a lot of guys on this team. Uh, you know, tight end, wide receiver, whatever. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, if we see any movement at that position, I would just assume it would be a, a blocking guy. I wouldn't think you get any more than that. All right, so that'll do it for today's show. Tomorrow we'll look at the offensive line. Obviously, a lot of conversations to be had there. Uh, one of the more I guess disappointing groups, position groups for the Titans last year, um, and just still a lot of question marks around that. All right, so again, museummiracles.com, we'll be right there. You can check out anything, any breaking news or anything we'll, we'll have there. We'll obviously talk about it the next day on the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter, I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. 
Uh, again, podcast, wherever you get your podcast, search out Locked On Titans, smart speaker, play podcast, Locked On Titans. If you want to leave us a voicemail, 615-787-8762. Like I said, keep it to around a minute, and we'll try to get you on the show on Thursday. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.